Hello, Betty Page fans. Welcome to Episode 3 of the official Betty Page podcast. I'm Mark Morey, your host, along with the very lovely Tori Rodriguez. Tori, how are you? I'm doing great. Enjoying this steamy southern summer. How are you doing, Mark? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. I think I might have a frog in my throat for this thing, but we'll, <laughs> we'll uh, push Our through and see guest. how it goes. <laughs> you find that funny? I said, I said our first guest. Okay, yes. <laughs> anyway, so let's see. What are we talking about today? Oh, you know, I've seen a bunch of new, really great-looking color photographs of Betty Page. Ooh. So we'll talk a little bit about that, yeah. And um, what else are we talking about, Tori? Well, you know, I've been wanting to hear the full story about how you met Betty. So I think I think the theme of our episode today is when Mark met Betty. So I can't wait to hear all about that. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm happy to talk about uh, not just when I met up with Betty, but you know my relationship with her, how I knew her, and so forth. But yeah. there's one other thing we want to talk about, and that is your Instagram when you posted the last episode, episode two, about Bailey Sarian mm-hmm. and her misrepresentations of Betty Page. Uh, your Instagram blew up. I mean, it was said it, it was a hundred. It did. People yeah, so there, was, there was a hundred and twenty comments on your Instagram about that episode. Wow. So, yeah. So there, we're gonna, and 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 it requires us to go back and and review some of those comments and bring people up to date on what's going on with with our episode where we tried to correct the record and set the record straight with what Bailey Syrian was saying about Betty Page. Yeah, we did get a lot of interesting responses. It kind of became a little bit of a Betty Betty fans versus Bailey fans. <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit <laughs> in of in the that. comments there. Yep. Yeah, so we'll go over that um, for sure. Okay, so let's see. You wanted to know about when I met Betty, right? Yes. Well, um, it was in 1996, and I think I just said a little bit of this story in the first episode, but. My uh, great uh, entertainment attorney in Los Angeles, Bob Darwell, was representing Betty Page's attorney in trying to negotiate a deal with HBO about them doing a Betty Page documentary. And I was having lunch with him. He's a really good friend of mine. And um, he showed me the book, Betty Page, Life of a Pinup Legend, before it was published. I saw a pre-publication copy. And in fact- Oh, cool. We were able, I'll come back to this later, but we were able to film the release party of that book in New York. So we mo- were moving pretty quickly. But anyway, oh, wow. yeah, he, he showed me the uh, this thing and I, I recognized Betty Page's face. I thought she's very familiar. I didn't know what her name was. And so he said, well, I'm having a problem negotiating this deal with HBO. And, and so I said, well, I'd love to make this documentary about Betty Page. And so he introduced me to her, and um, I actually, the first time I went to see Betty, she was living way out in the outskirts of Los Angeles. I was in Brentwood, uh, which is close to downtown, not close, but, you know, in Los Angeles. She was way out on the outer skirts of Los Angeles. Yeah. And she was living in this house with some other people, and I, I, I came up there and 
started talking to her and came to find out that this was like a halfway house. She had been released from Patton State several years earlier and was living with several roommates in this house way out on the outer edges of Los Angeles. And um, so we quickly made a deal. I paid her some money. I actually paid her $10,000 to cooperate in my documentary exclusively. And she was pretty happy about that. So we yeah. started go- we started going out to lunch. I would take her to lunch. I'd brought her back into Los Angeles to lunch. And this, I was just trying to get to know her and find out, you know, what her story was. So she still looked great. She still looked like Betty Page. Her face was a little fuller. Her hair was turning gray, but she had the, still had the bangs mm-hmm. and unmistakably Betty Page. I mean, I thought she looked gorgeous. I thought she looked great. And of course, she has this great personality. Yeah. And so she's we're having lunch and she's regaling me with these stories of bondage photo shoots and fetish photo shoots. And it's like your grandmother, <laughs> you know, telling you about bondage and fetish. And I thought, That's this so is funny. Crazy. yeah, it was really kind of wild. Uh, uh, so she was just a lot of fun to be with, you know, and she, I remember she was, she was kind of a health nut. She was taking, I don't know, vitamins and supplements and stuff too. And um, mm-hmm. she just, she was, she had no problem about going out in public, but she didn't want to be, I mean, people didn't spontaneously recognize her because it was like 50 years later. Right. But um, she was in her seventies right. at this point. And but she didn't she didn't understand the public interest in her she had no interest in you know being recognized or being famous in fact she was the opposite she just wanted to live her quiet life and and not be bothered and i thought well you know i'll i'll i think she looks so great i'll just tell her that i'm going to get a Hollywood makeup person and a Hollywood hairstylist, and we'll fix her up really nice. <laughs> so when I can interview her on camera for my film, well, we went around about this for, I don't know, several years. Uh, not that I was harassing her, but it just, you know. That long. <laughs> uh, well, well, I mean, I first, I first, what happened was my, uh, my entertainment attorney, Bob Darwell, he said, well, why don't you do some audio recordings with her just for research? Because you don't know how long she's going to be around. And I said, okay, that's a good idea. Right. So I did, uh, at the time, I was married to a psychotherapist, and she had an office in Brentwood, and her, she had this very quiet office. So we went there to record, these, to record this interview with Betty. It lasted, I don't know, maybe three hours. I just asked Betty every question I could think of, just thinking of it as research. And... It was also during that time period that we went to New York and shot the book release party for Betty Page, Life of a Pinup Legend, which you do see a little bit of that in the film. You see Todd Oldham and oh, Shalom okay. Harlow. Though that was that, and Betty comes on the phone in that uh, party, and we have that in the film where she comes on the phone to uh, everybody gathers around the phone, and the party gets all quiet, and Betty talks about how much yeah. she. And anyway, so that was a lot of fun. And that was really the very first shoot we did uh, for Betty Page Reveals All in 1996. Very cool. I didn't realize that was the event. 
Right. Yeah. I do remember that well, part from the well, from the documentary, the way, but I didn't realize it was the release party. Well, the way we edited the film, we edited a couple of different parties together. It all seems like one party because there was also <laughs> it was also a party in uh, Hollywood right after Betty died, called Betty Page Heavenbound. It was organized by Olivia. Aww. And her husband Joel, and it was an art, really an art display about Betty. A lot of Olivia's art and a lot of other things. That's what you see in the beginning, where there's the spanking machine and uh, Dita Von Teese is mm-hmm. there. So that you see okay. in the beginning of the film. So at later at the end of the film, I think some of the uh, party parties are cut together into one party scene. So um, if I remember correctly, but. Um, so then um, we kept shooting stuff and I kept, you know, thinking, well, I'm going to do an interview with Betty and kept taking her to lunch. And, you know, my brother was there and I had Janet working with me. She took Betty on a trip out to Catalina Island. And uh, then in 1999, I still had not convinced Betty to do sit on camera for an interview. And uh, then the Richard Foster book came out. And this is the first time it was public, ah. made public that I forget what the name of that book was, but um, it, the first public public statement that Betty had been in the mental institution in Patton State. And of course, Betty hadn't really wanted to talk about that. I didn't know. Nobody knew. None of us really knew about it. Right. I mean, her family knew about it, but it wasn't public knowledge. So mm-hmm. once that was published, then I went okay, back. Okay, so and, you didn't even know it. No, no, I didn't know it. I mean, I would have asked her about it if okay. I'd known it. So then she agreed to do another interview, and we yeah. talked about that. I mean, that was another interview that went two or three hours, and I asked her everything I could think of again, including about her time in Patton State and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the stabbing incidents and all that that we talked about in the last episode and uh, the mental illness. And, you know, her her number one – she was in for 10 years in Patton State Mental Hospital. Her biggest complaint was – yeah. She had to wear a brown uniform. You know, this is Betty, the 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 on the on the, she's on the Time magazine list of 100 people most influential on fashion. So she had to wear a brown plain uniform. That was that was what upset her the most in, yeah. at Patton State. So that was kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Did she seem um pretty forthcoming about talking about those experiences? Oh yeah, she's forthcoming and you get some of it in um in my film and of course I have the complete audio mm-hmm. tapes and as we go through these episodes we'll play some of the fuller comments about Betty. You know, they were edited down for the film. I mean, I did 6 right. hours of interview with her. There's maybe 30 minutes of her talking in the film or whatever it is. So there's plenty that she said that didn't end up in the film. It is a lot of that audio is on the DVD. If anybody has the DVD, they can hear all that. But um, uh, so we'll we'll be playing at times parts of my interviews with Betty, you know, on future podcasts. I can't wait to hear those those clips. And I know a lot of I think some other people have commented too on like different posts about our podcast that they're they're hoping to hear some of that unreleased audio. So, right, and we're well, all eager for it. And what happened was I I saw a documentary called "The Kid Stays in the Picture," and it was about Robert Evans, who had been the head of Paramount Studios, a really colorful guy. It was a great documentary, but he's never on camera. 
but he's talking about his whole life story. So I realized, oh, oh okay, I can do this film without doing an on-camera interview with Betty. And I had all those hours of audio tape. So it was a lot of work to try to fashion that into the narration of the film, but it ended I up bet. it ended up turning out really well, I thought. It did. It was perfect. You did an amazing job. Yeah, well, that was a and struggle so to get there, but what, we made what, it. What, well, I'm curious about, like, what if you recall, like, what were some of the things that she would say when you would try to, you know, persuade gently for her to be on camera? Well, I, I, I actually didn't try to do that much persuasion. I mean, she just, she just was. She she didn't care. I mean, she just was not, you know, a lot of people really like the idea of being famous or being known or, you know, mm-hmm. she was completely the opposite of that. She just wasn't interested. Just didn't. And she she said she wanted to preserve her image from the 50s. She wanted to remem- be remembered that way. And I think also I got the idea that yeah. she didn't really, I mean, think about how gorgeous Betty Page is in those photographs. And she's looking at herself in the mirror in her 70s and she's, I mean, she's probably more sensitive to that than anybody. She just didn't want to be right. Having been so gorgeous and photographed, and you know, she just didn't want to mm-hmm. appear mm-hmm. as an older woman. And that's in some yeah. ways too bad, but it it did preserve her legacy, and it did work out well in the film. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a really interesting thing. I, I think about that sometimes. I'm like, was it, a, you know, overall, like, was it a good idea or a bad idea for her to kind of preserve her image, you know, have it limited to the 50s? I think, and we can get into this in a little while when we get to the the topic of the mental illness and the Bailey Sarian thing again, but that's one of the things I've wondered is, you know, when people judge Betty, they're sort of judging young Betty. You know, they're right. not thinking this was an elderly woman herself who was, right. you know, involved in these these incidents during her, right. you know, mental health, um, you know, her, her psychoses. Right. Um, and I just it's interesting because people when you think about it, you think of young Betty, you know, for that reason. Yep. Well, and I um, I then I, I moved to New York in, in about 2001. So I had less contact with Betty because she was. um she was, uh, you know, in Los Angeles and I was in New York, but I did see her about a week before she passed away. I, I was in Los Angeles and she was sick in the hospital and I went to visit her and, you know, she, she was in bad shape. I mean, I think she'd had a heart attack or a stroke or something like that. And I just leaned over to her and said, Betty, I love you. And she kind of mumbled, I love you too. Aww. And that was, you know, yeah, that was, that was the last time I saw her. And she was Aww. passed away about a week later. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Gosh, I didn't realize that you saw her, saw her that close to her death. Yeah. 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 And she did, she was pretty wow. sick the last year of her life. As often happens with was people. Was she that age. in the hospital for... She was, was she in the as, hospital for a lot of that time. Yeah, yeah, she was in the hospital for most of the last year of her life, and I think once she had the heart attack yeah. or the stroke or whatever it was, she was not going to be getting out of the hospital. Anyway, I, I don't know if you have yeah. any other questions. We can we can uh, one one of these episodes. I'll talk about 
the a little bit about the feature film I was attempting to make where we had Martin Scorsese attached to direct a film about Betty Page. We'll do that in a future episode, maybe. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and that was uh, the one that, just as a tease, involving Liv Tyler, right? Yeah, Liv Tyler was going to play Betty Page. Anyway, we'll talk about that in a future yeah. episode. But so if you don't okay. have any other questions about that, I was going to move on to talk about these new color photographs of Betty. I mean, I, yes, I've, please. I've been, there are people out there who are very skilled. I mean, you know, 95% of Betty Page's photographs are black and white. There are a few really great color photographs. Right. And there are people out there who are good at colorizing these black and white photographs, retouching them or whatever they do to make them color. Well, a lot mm -hmm. of them have started appearing recently. And I just, the, the, the color is just great and it just jumps out at you. And it's like seeing Betty Page in a whole new light again, these old black and white photographs that are now in color. And I've, I've, you post a lot of photographs of Betty Page. I know I've post photographs of Betty Page every day on my Facebook, mm -hmm. Betty Page Reveals All Page and Betty Page Movie Page. So that's where you can see some of these. Also, I've been seeing still photographs of Betty I've never seen before. In fact, I think you posted one either yesterday or today. Betty's on that boat. It's a, it's a color photograph that's faded to the red. That I'd never seen that photograph before. Yeah, that was that was new to me too when I came across it online not too long ago. And one of the things that uh, you may have noticed is that um, uh, Grapefruit Moon Gallery is posting a lot of uh, never before released Betty um, Bunny Yeager photos of Betty and okay, some great. really incredible photos. Yeah, so that's kind of new well, in the Betty. Well, sphere. Bunny Bunny took the best pictures of Betty. That's that's pretty clear. Yeah. The real cheesecake pinup where Betty's smiling and just having a great time. And of course, a woman photographing a woman, you know, in the nude or skimpy outfit, that probably right. was, you know, Betty was more comfortable with that. Um, yeah. So, so, you know, it's amazing to me that you, there's constantly new stuff about Betty Page, these new photographs. So, so you Betty Page fans, they're, they're and so out there. So we can look forward to seeing those. Yeah. I mean, if, your, you're going to share those on your pages. Yeah, on my on my Facebook, Betty Page reveals all page, and then there's another Facebook page called Betty Page Movie, and I should really post them on Twitter and other places, but um, that that's that's where they can be seen. Very cool. So well, I'll definitely stay tuned as usual. <laughs> yes. So now I guess we'll move on to the um, Bailey Sarian controversy. Yes. Like we were, yes, like we were talking about, it would just blew up. There was 120 comments the last time I looked, and um, you know, one thing I noticed in, in let, let's sort of recap this a little bit in case yeah. people didn't hear yep. the last episode. Why don't you do that? Yeah. So we were we're taking ba Bailey to task because she has millions of fans, and um, this you know this video podcast and or blog called um murder mystery and makeup and essentially she she made betty betty's story um of the those incidents where she was arrested um for you know violent incidents while she was having psychotic breaks um bailey made those this topic of this murder mystery and makeup episode and essentially really kind of in a roundabout way said that 
she believed that she remembered Betty in an interview saying that she actually killed one of the people in those incidents, which isn't true. And so she's, she's kind of started this rumor that Betty's a murder, you know, Betty murdered someone. Um, and then to make matters even worse, her fans have taken that and run with it. And they're posting comments on Betty's social media pages and elsewhere about, you know, did you know Betty killed someone? And did you know she was a murderer? And that, like, you know, like we said last time, that started immediately after. Well, yeah, this is this is Bailey Sarian, and it's on a YouTube video. And, you know, if you go, go to YouTube and just search Betty Page podcast, you will find the Bailey Sarian video and you will find our podcasts, which respond to that video. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, that video, I only recently understood, was posted apparently a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I only knew about it from you. Mm-hmm. So, so um, but it's now, I guess, the controversy is arising anew because we're pointing this out to people. And uh, I just thought we should go over some of the comments. Um, yeah. Well, for one thing, um, ba- uh, Bailey poses the question in the headline of her mm-hmm. thing says, Betty Page, a killer question mark. Well, the answer is no. Right. Right. But Bailey never says no. She right. She's uh, saying, well, she thinks she did. She heard she did. Maybe she did. Mm-hmm. Now, some of the comments were people were said they people have been pointing out to Bailey that this is not correct and she needs to correct it. And Bailey has never responded. So we're people apparently have posted this mm-hmm. on, on Bailey's yeah. blog. And th- there was plenty of support for Betty and her true story and what we were trying to do. And some Definitely. of Betty, and what I read, some of Bailey's fans were unfollowing her because of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, there were several of those. And one of the things you were saying is there were sort of several categories that these comments fell into. Right. Yeah. They're like, you know, one of them was the the one that I think got me the most and kind of made me worry <laughs> for the way people think um, was the one that was like something along the lines of, you know, well, she, maybe she didn't murder someone, but she did, you know, stab people. So what's the big deal to, to say right. that she murdered someone? It's like, well, that's a very different thing, isn't it? Right. Now? <laughs> yeah. So some of, some of Bailey's defenders or her fans basically would, did what I would term as making excuses for her. Yeah. They said, well, we should have reached out to her or uh-huh. they don't really think it's her fault. Or right. she, she said she wasn't sure it was true. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, as one of the comments pointed out, 10 minutes of research, you would know what was true and wasn't true. And Definitely. And one of the things that troubled me about some of Bailey's fans and defenders is, I mean, facts and truth matter, right? I mean, yeah. facts matter, truth matters, but they didn't, some of these fans of hers seem to be saying, well, no. See, that's another problem I have with Bailey Sarian. Not only was she misrepresenting what happened to Betty Page, and she was perpetuating um, uh, a negative view of people with mental illness, but then she's also perpetuating Mm -hmm. this idea that truth and facts don't matter, that, you know, you can just sort of state opinions and say things like this. And if you have a platform, it's all okay. You know, and, and that bothered me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
She was. I mean, and, and that's why I keep sort of referring to like her approach as just, she was so sloppy and messy. And it was clear that like, you know, to me, it seemed like she was doing that on purpose, like really just trying to like sort of create this almost like an illusion. Like, well, I'm not sure, right. but yeah, I think I did. And then I read this and then, you know, I swear that this happened and, you know, and then, but clearly she was effective because whether she meant to or not, people, her, her fans in droves are saying Betty Page is a killer. Betty Page murdered someone, you right. know, and that's damaging. Well, and even those who realize that what Bailey said was not true. They said things like, well, she didn't mean any harm. They don't uh-huh. believe she was being malicious. Well, she may not realize she's doing harm. She may not be in her intent malicious, but it is harmful. It is harmful to, to uh, cast aspersions on mental illness, to, to you know, to, I agree to talk completely. about mental illness in the way that she did. And it's harmful to, mm-hmm. to, Play loose, loose with the facts and the truth. I mean, if you, if there, if truth and facts don't matter, we're in bad shape. And I mean, we are in bad shape in this country in other Definitely. ways, but because of lack of truth and facts and mainstream <laughs> media and that kind of stuff. But yeah, that, that, oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, yeah. So you know, it's it's just crazy. It's, a, it's and, an important issue, right? And, um, and you know, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, it, it was interesting because like around, you know, in, in research and, and, and kind of looking things up for, you know, in preparation for for that, the last um, episode, you know, I came across this, um, this column on the New York Times, um, a tech column, I think it's actually called On Tech. And it's a writer, if, I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly, but it's like Shira, I think it's Shira Ovide. And it actually, ta- the whole topic of that, this particular post or column um, was about powerful people spreading misinformation and how truly damaging that is and how they do have such a huge responsibility to make sure that they use their their words very wisely, even more of a responsibility than just the average person, obviously. Right. Um, and in just a really quick excerpt, excerpt from that column, she goes, we, she says, we know that false information spreads online like the world's worst game of telephone. And that's exactly what happened with this situation. I mean, somebody, even one of the comments was even like, they cobbled together like several of the incidents that Betty had and some other stuff that didn't happen. And it was like, oh my God, <laughs> that's what this is like warped into now since this false rumor was started. Right. Well, and, you, you know, one person's comment was, well, these were only allegations that Bailey was making. Well, and, and you know, her title of her thing is a mystery. Well, there's no mystery. You know, Betty, exactly. it, it's known what Betty did and repeating allegations that are not true or easily determined to be not true. It's just, that's just right. not cool. And I don't, I'm, I'm not saying no. Bailey Sarian is the enemy. I mean, you know, cause she pales right, in comparison, right. to, she pales in comparison to the mainstream media and the lies that they tell. But it's like, it's like they've set an example that Bailey's following and that's not great either. Um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And an, another comment that one of one of the people made on on Instagram that I thought was interesting, she says Bailey trivializes murder by doing her makeup while talking about it, and I thought that uh-huh. was kind of interesting. No respect for the murder victims or or anything. Right. And of course, you could you could apply that to her comments about mental illness too, and Betty's mental illness. So oh, definitely. You know, 
Definitely. And that's, you know, and that's, you're, you're so right. And I've, I've kind of thought about that too. And I'm like, I don't really know how I feel about the whole concept of her show, but you know, as you know, we kept it really focused just on the Betty stuff because that is a whole bigger topic, obviously. And, and the, our point is like, don't lie about Betty. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like it's not cool. Right. And, right. and like you said, facts matter. It's dangerous, but not only because it's, it's untrue, but also because of the bigger implications for mental illness and, I'm thinking of all kinds of stuff, big things that are happening now, like, you know, this whole Bailey, um, this whole um, Britney Spears thing. And there, and you know, there's a lot of uh, articles now about how mental illness is talked about a lot differently now than it was when Britney was going through her stuff when she was younger. Um, and so it is, it's just all very zeitgeisty right now. And we need to be very right. careful and take our responsibility right. seriously to well, um, and, and, use our words seriously. There's millions of fans around the world that love Betty Page and love her for who she is. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's, we're standing up for that, I guess you could say. Yeah, absolutely. And also for the people who, you know, the, a lot of those Betty fans, I'm sure, you know, a good portion of them, just like the general population, struggle with mental illness or have struggled with mental illness. And same for Bailey's, you know, millions of fans. So it's right. really a disservice, disservice yeah. to them as well. Yeah. Well, and of course, one of this this happened a while back. Bailey's original telecast, podcast, blogcast, mm -hmm. whatever it is, and she's never. Some of her hands pointed out, even though they've been, even though some of her comments on her podcast, her blog have commented that she's she's made a mistake. That going back a long time, she's never corrected the record which would be easy enough to right. do and some of her fans were calling for that so i don't know if you if you uh i don't know if you want have, want to have anything else you want to say about this but um i i have some comments yeah, that kind I, of... go ahead yeah a couple of things that are coming to mind is one is you know you and i talked about how it's like you know even it, it, i think she has even more of an imperative to to address this issue and make it try to make it right because she's now got a new show backed by who was it jimmy kimmel jimmy kimmel and right. yep um and and it's it's actually it's her new show is is supposed to be like a history show so it's like it's very important right. that she you know get get her facts well, straight right so we're wondering if if jimmy kimmel and his company that she now works for knows that someone who's doing a purported history show is so fast and loose with the facts right that's my question to jimmy kimmel well yeah because it really obviously just completely you know destroys her cred credibility since she hasn't addressed right. it right tried to and, correct and it and, and and I'll just address the Betty fans and maybe mm -hmm. some of the Bailey Sarian fans who might agree with us on this issue. Um, we're going to post the link to um, in the podcast description to uh, to our previous podcast, and I, I think we should post the link to the Bailey Sarian podcast and. And yeah, and ur urge people to go in and comment. Set the record yeah. straight. Yeah, and we set the record straight. Right, and of course, you know, yep. And and like you said last time, we're not. You know, this is not. We're not trying to attack Bailey. It's not like we're not trying to do this takedown or anything. It's it's truly just we we just want her to to be responsible and help you know and be held accountable for her mistake. 
Um, right. I think in, in a larger, you know, in a bigger sense, I think, you know, as we move hopefully away from like cancel culture, so to speak, um, even though that's overhyped a lot of times, but I think, you know, maybe accountability culture where we can, you know, just ask somebody to, to do the right thing and make, you know, make amends and, right. and move on in good faith that right. they won't do it again. Right. Right. And it's an open invitation for Bayla to join us on our podcast. If Definitely. So, okay, great. So, did you have any other thoughts about that? No, I I think uh, we're close to wrapping it up here. All right. Covered a lot of ground there. (laughs) Yes, another podcast. Yeah, and And so we are now, we're we're super official now, right? Because we're on pretty much like all, or maybe not all of them, but most of the the podcast apps in addition to our Podbean. Yes, yes. yes. So, So when you... When you listen to this, on go to your favorite podcast app or YouTube or wherever you listen to it, just click subscribe or follow so you can be sure to be notified of the future podcasts. And we'll be doing more and more podcasts in the future on a wide variety of subjects. Also, leave comments about things you'd yes. like to hear about in the podcast. Yeah, we would love to have your your questions and comments and all that good stuff. And then, of course, um, you can find us on our social media sites, which, you know, Mark, as he mentioned, is Betty Page Reveals All. And then Betty Page Movie is another Facebook page. Right. Um, And then you're on Instagram, too. I'm on Instagram, but I need to I need to work on that one. But I'm yeah, you can we're on YouTube. And also, there's a Betty Page Reveals All on Twitter, and I'm cranking that back up, too. Awesome. And then I'm Betty Page Fitness on Instagram and Facebook. And then I also manage Betty's main pages, Betty Page, um, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So check those out. Um, Wanted to mention a couple of quick, a couple of fans real quick, since we're trying to incorporate that into some of our episodes. Um, Today, I wanted to mention uh, Steve, and he's, um, his, his... uh, a handle is House of Betty on Instagram. He's a Betty Page collector. He's, I mean, really racked up an amazing collection in a short time. And so definitely check him out. We appreciate his support. And then um, Larissa, who is Murder Queen and also Larissa's pinup art on Instagram. She's amazing. She did the um, art, the Betty inspired art for the anniversary edition of my uh, Betty Page Fitness DVD last year. And we appreciate Great. her support as well and all the cool Betty work she does. Yes. And, and Betty fans, like we said, just get in touch with us and uh, let us know what's going on, what you're up to. Yep. We, we, you know, uh, we clearly love to talk about Betty. So (laughs) So that's always an open invitation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And we'll be having special guests, people who knew Betty or, or, um, are, are uh, well known in the Betty universe uh, on future podcasts also. Definitely. We're, we're, we're finally getting a little bit more savvy with our, <laughs> with our productions right. here. So we'll be ready for guests really soon. All right. Sounds good. Well, it was fun again, Tori. It sure was. Always is. All Thanks right. so much. All right. Next time. Talk to then. you later. All right. <laughs> Bye.